Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are putting a pin in the what ifs, acknowledging our responsibility and letting go so we can move on with peace and freedom. It's time to give ourselves a pass. You will never have it all figured out. People, including yourself, will continue to shock and surprise you. And you don't possess the power to change the past. You can, however, learn and grow as you navigate this complex thing called life. In order to move on, you need to come to a place of acceptance, knowing what you have today, information, motive, apologies, or forgiveness will have to be enough. Feeling stuck and hopeless is an illusion. Emotions are powerful, but you are stronger. Pick up each foot. Quiet your spinning minds with enough and reach a hand in front of you. Take your index finger and extend it forward because that's where you're headed. Ready to charge ahead to freedom? There are so many angles we can explore when it comes to acceptance, so let's leave no stone unturned. We've all heard or used the saying, it is what it is. The perfect phrase for acceptance. It is what it is means, oh well, nothing to do now but move on. It already happened and I can't change it. And that's what it is. And I can't make it different. However you interpret the meaning, it means time to move on. The first step toward change is awareness. The second step is acceptance, from Nathaniel Brandon. William James said, acceptance of what has happened is the first step to overcoming the consequences of any misfortune. Acceptance is typically linked to loss. Accepting the loss of something in preparation for letting go and moving forward. What have you lost that you're still in the process of accepting? How did you get there? How did you move on? Matasia Cleric asks and answers, why is it so hard to accept a loss? In her article for Medium.com. In the Kluber-Ross stages of grief, acceptance is the one that leads to catharsis. The hardest part, however, is reaching it. The other four stages of Kubler-Ross's grieving process or common experiences we tend to go through while grieving are denial, bargaining, anger, and depression. These could be seen as defense mechanisms that reflect our inability to come to terms with and accept the loss. They rise as a result of clinging and unwillingness to let go even in the face of death when we are clearly left with no other option but to accept it. The problem is our inability to let go. This could have something to do with how our brain is wired, as well as with our culturally induced habit of referring to people and things in our lives as possessions. My child, my spouse, my car, my house. When someone is seen as mine, it can be really hard to let go. In reality, we do not own people. What we have is a privilege of sharing a part of our life with significant others, and there's no guarantee it will last. 
Yet it became a part of our culture to say that we lost someone, even though we cannot lose what's not ours to begin with. We also often mistake possessiveness for love, even though that's rather the opposite of love. Face it, our brains hate to lose. Research showed that our brains are wired to avoid loss at all cost, even at a way too big cost. This is known in psychology as loss aversion and has mostly been used in marketing and economics. Loss aversion, for instance, seemed to have contributed to the real estate bubble in the States. When we refer to other people in terms of mine, the same mechanism could be at play that gives grieving a struggle full of suffering. We may deny that this is so and try to downplay the effect of language on cognition, but language plays a major part in how we perceive life and the world we live in. Words have immense power, including influencing our subconsciousness. If that weren't so, a cognitive behavioral approach wouldn't be one of the most successful forms of therapeutic intervention. So while we may argue that we don't really see others as possessions, we keep sending our brains a very different message through how we use our language. Lack of control is another thing our brains have a high aversion to. We hate being helpless, left at the mercy of forces we have no power over. This, again, is how our brain is wired, and it's one of the most powerful mechanisms. So when something unexpected happens and we lose someone dear, our brains have a hard time accepting the fact that we have no control over this. This contributes to the rise of previously mentioned defense mechanisms. Disbelief, anger, bargaining, depression. Another thing that's hard to deal with for humans is change. Change is stressful even when it's positive. It's energetically taxing and it requires an effort and time to adapt. Change, however, is the one thing we can rely on as something that will surely happen. Everything in this world is in the flux of constant change. Everything passes and sooner or later, we all will die. This is inevitable, but we tend to act as if it weren't. Also in our society, we don't wish to contemplate the possibility of death and prefer to see it as something that should be avoided at all costs. But isn't that rather silly when you think about it? Death is a fact of life. We will all face it, so we might as well prepare for it and start to deal with it better. Being open-minded when it comes to religion and spirituality can be of immense help when dealing with loss and trying to overcome the pain. Regardless of what you choose to believe in, either based on what you've learned or your own personal experiences, it helps to look at life from a broader perspective. People who don't limit their understanding of human spirit to something that starts with conception and disappears into nothing with the moment of death often find it easier to come to terms with losses. I still feel a connection with those who have left. I don't think we vanish into thin air and cease to exist when we die. If nothing else, this would not be in accord with the law of physics. Our bodies might decompose, but there's more to being alive than the material parts of ourselves. Contemplating these possibilities and keeping an open mind makes it a lot easier to live 
and let die. I've talked over and over again how hard it is to gain a better vantage point and see the bigger picture when you're in the thick of it. There are times when what is comfortable is a good wallow in it. Do you know what I mean? Get in the bed, pull the covers up, turn on something sappy, be it music or tear-jerking movies, and then just cry it out. How long should you lick your wounds and choose hibernation over socialization? I would say it depends on the nature of the retreat. But staying in any emotion too long is problematic. When these feelings persist longer than they serve you, it's time to claw your way out. Remember this, not everyone sees your struggle or is in tune with your pain. Don't wait to be noticed and rescued. You need to initiate the mission. How do you work through grief to obtain acceptance? Let's keep studying. At condolence.com, I found more info on the fifth stage of grief, acceptance. The process of grieving is often described as having stages or cycles. While the stages are fluid rather than static, they have characteristics that many people go through as they process loss and adjustment. The person usually passes from denial to anger and to bargaining then they're likely to fall from bargaining into depression before eventually turning the corner to a more positive state. Some people move through the stages in different orders. Others do not experience every stage. The final stage of grief is acceptance. In this last phase, people begin to come to grips with their own mortality. That a loved one or the circumstances surrounding a tragic loss happens. Of all the stages, this one seems to have the most fluctuating nature, dependent so much on the individual. The person dying may reach this phase much earlier than the loved ones that are left behind. That disconnect can make for very troubling and uneasy times for the loved ones as they walk through this shadow of death at very different paces. Acceptance doesn't mean that a person feels good or right about the loss. Most people never feel okay about the loss of a loved one or their own impending death. This stage is about accepting the fact that a new reality cannot be changed. It's about seeing how the new reality will impact life and relationships. Acceptance doesn't mean forgetfulness. Acceptance doesn't mean that we slip back into denial pretending that it hasn't happened or will happen. Acceptance means embracing the present, both good and bad, in order to shape the future. It doesn't mean that we no longer think about the loved one. Out of sight does not mean out of mind. Our current present has been gloriously touched by a loved one's life. Reflect upon those good times. Cherish the real ways the loved one has softened your present and swayed your future. Acceptance can usually be seen by an individual taking ownership for themselves and their actions. These individuals begin to accept responsibility. They work toward accomplishing tasks and then are proud of the results. They're willing to change their behavior in response to the needs of others. 
they appear to be more content as they journey toward a more normalized life. Make no mistake, life has forever changed. In the acceptance stage, roles and responsibilities begin to alter. New priorities may be shaped. New relationships will need to be formed. Some duties and tasks may need to be given up for someone else to handle. At first, acceptance may simply mean more good days than bad ones. Soon, efforts may start to reach out to a select handful of trusted people. Involvement with friends begins to follow. Life continues, never the same, always enriched by the loved one's presence, ever pressing towards hope. There will still be bad days. Sorry to say, but I need to be honest, and it's good to be prepared. You will have days of shame, guilt, grief, anger, and rumination. Sometimes, and more so than not, it will come out of nowhere. You might be having an amazing and empowered day when all of a sudden you're racked with guilt. Good news. Remember that you have made it through this gauntlet, and once you achieved acceptance, you moved on. This gentle reminder will give yourself permission to avoid rehashing and brooding, looking for a deeper meaning. Been there, done that, and gave yourself permission to move on. Remember, you've already conquered this stage. Megan Brunel brings to light five things everyone should know about acceptance in her article from mindbodygreen.com. The first person to pose the idea of acceptance to me was my therapist. We were discussing my relationship with my dad, cliche, I know, and she suggested I accept that I might never have the relationship with him I desired. I was appalled. Excuse me, you're my therapist. Aren't you supposed to have the answers to how I can fix this? Megan said, as I got older, I began to understand why desiring something else, something that was for the most part out of my control, was causing me more pain than accepting that, at least for now, this was the way that it was going to be. So here are five things Megan came to realize about acceptance that you might not have considered. Number one, acceptance doesn't mean liking, wanting, choosing, or supporting. No one is suggesting you like, want, or support whatever it is you're accepting. But by struggling against the pain, by resisting and rejecting it, we create undue suffering. It doesn't mean that you've chosen to endorse what you're accepting. It doesn't mean you like your anxiety, want your chronic pain, would choose your body or support an injustice that happened to you or someone else. Rather, you're choosing to allow it to be there when you can't change it in that moment, to make space for it, to give yourself permission to be as you are, feel what you feel, or have experienced what you've experienced without creating unproductive shame or anxiety. The pain may still be there, but some of the suffering will be alleviated. Number two, acceptance is an active process. It must be practiced. Remember that accept is a verb. It's an active process, one that must be practiced consciously. It's rare that we one day choose to accept our emotional or physical pain, our bodies, our difficult relationships, or our pasts, and never think about it again. 
It can require effort at times, or most of the time, at least initially. It can be frustrating at times. But like creating a clearing in the grassy field by walking the same path many times, every time you practice acceptance towards something, you create and strengthen neural pathways in your brain, facilitating ease in the future. It's natural to vacillate back and forth between feelings of acceptance and feelings of resistance. Make space for the spectrum of experiences and notice your internal critic get quieter. Number three, acceptance doesn't mean that you can't work on changing things. Many people believe that acceptance is a sign of apathy, passivity, giving up, relinquishing. However, this doesn't have to be the case. Practicing acceptance doesn't necessarily mean you won't be able to make a change. You can accept your body and still change it. Accept your emotions and acknowledge their importance. And accept your behavior one day when you might change it tomorrow. Number four, acceptance doesn't mean you're accepting it's going to be that way forever. A decade later, the relationship I now have with my dad is galaxies different from the way it used to be. I wouldn't say that's due entirely to acceptance, but it does show that acceptance doesn't always mean whatever you're accepting will be that way forever. Try to focus your acceptance on the present alongside an open and realistic gaze at the future. Focusing too much on the present can be counterproductive as a large part of acceptance involves letting go of the desire that things will change, detaching from hope that in some cases creates suffering. But sometimes imagining practicing acceptance forever can seem daunting, overwhelming, or impossible. So try to find that sweet spot where you're accepting the current moment but not under the pretense that things will change in the future. Number five, we can practice acceptance toward our experience, people, appearance, emotions, ideas, and more. Acceptance can be practiced in all areas of your life. You can exercise it toward your current experience or reality, others' beliefs or ideas, your appearance, your emotions, your health, your past, your thoughts, or other individuals. Again, this doesn't mean you necessarily endorse whatever it is you're accepting in these realms. Rather, you recognize that you can't change the current nature of this exact moment. And accepting manages anxiety and helps calm. I encourage you to consider how acceptance has benefited your life in the past and how you can practice it more in the present. I think we've all done things in our past that we aren't proud of. Decisions that we've made we wish we could take back. Missed opportunities, loss of loved ones, loss of time squandered, disappointment and shame. Some might even feel more guilty than the guilt that they are carrying when they consider this idea of letting go and moving on. How could you express the magnitude of the wrong if you simply get over it? Have you ever wondered what is radical acceptance? Arlen Knusik explores this question in their article for verywellmind.com. 
Radical acceptance is based on the notion that suffering comes not directly from pain, but from one's attachment to pain. It has its roots in Buddhism and the psychological paradigm put forth by Carl Rogers that acceptance is the first step towards change. Radical acceptance can be defined as the ability to accept situations that are outside of your control without judging them, which in turn reduces the suffering that's caused by them. Rather than being attached to a painful past, radical acceptance suggests that non-attachment is the key to overcoming suffering. Non-attachment doesn't mean not feeling emotions. Rather, it refers to an intention of not allowing pain to turn into suffering. This means watching your thoughts and feelings to identify when you are allowing yourself to feel worse than is necessary. The lack of judgment that is an important part of radical acceptance doesn't involve approval of the situation. Instead, it involves accepting reality for what it is and not getting caught up in an emotional reaction to that reality. Radical acceptance is not an easy practice at all. In fact, it can require a lifetime of practice in order to truly get a handle on it. This type of acceptance is most often applied in situations when you're unable to fix or change what has happened and when something has happened that feels unfair, like the loss of a loved one or losing one's job. While grief and disappointment are normal emotions, suffering results when the initial pain is prolonged due to lack of acceptance. Radical acceptance doesn't mean that you agree with what's happening or what has happened to you. Rather, it signals a chance for hope because you are accepting things as they are and not fighting against reality. While this can be hard to practice when things are going very badly, letting your emotions run wild will only add to your suffering and the pain that you're experiencing. It's true that you can cause more misery to yourself when you avoid or dwell. Some people might think that forgiveness and radical acceptance are the same thing, In fact, they're very different. Forgiveness involves extending an act of kindness to another person, whereas radical acceptance is the extension of an act of kindness to yourself. The concept of radical acceptance has its origins in dialectical behavior therapy, proposed by psychologist Marsha Linhan in 1993. This type of therapy was designed to help those diagnosed with borderline personality disorders and who experienced intense emotions. However, it is also helpful for other issues such as depression and even eating disorders. During DBT, clients are taught how to practice distress tolerance, which enables them to stop turning painful situations into long-term suffering. Although pain is an inevitable part of life, radical acceptance involves moving away from emotional reactions and helplessness toward calm and logical thought. While you may not be able to change the facts of a situation, you can choose how you view it. Rather than signaling approval of a situation, distress tolerance signals acceptance and emotional detachment. It involves a focus on what you can control and a freeing of resources to allow you to practice self-care. This means letting go of bitterness and releasing unhelpful emotions. 
Once these emotions are managed, it is possible to find solutions and make plans for change. In fact, the word dialectical refers to the duality of the emotional mind and logical mind that must be balanced through what is called the wise mind in DBT. This refers to taking thoughtful action after moving the overlay emotional part of how you handle a problem in your life. In this way, acceptance does not refer to judging or evaluating, but rather taking reality for what it is so that you can move on with your life. While it's normal to react to negative situations with emotions like sadness or anger, blaming yourself or others, or wishing that things could be different, this will keep you stuck. Here are some thought patterns or actual thoughts that signal you might need to practice radical acceptance. I can't deal with this. This is not fair. Things shouldn't be like this. I can't believe this is happening. It's not right. Things should be different. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening now? This is horrible. Why did this happen to me now? What did I do to deserve this? Everything is working against me. I can never catch a break. Bad things always happen to me. Nobody else has to deal with this. I wish things were different. I can't accept this happened. I'm never going to feel okay about this. People shouldn't act the way they do. I can't get past what happened. This is terrible and I'll never get over it. I shouldn't have to deal with this. Some people have a hard time accepting situations because they feel as though acceptance is the same thing as being in agreement with what happened or saying that it's okay. In other cases, people don't want to acknowledge the pain that would come with acceptance. Whatever your reasons for lack of acceptance, know that these feelings are normal and many other people have felt the exact same way. The problem with a lack of acceptance is that when you try to not feel pain, you're also choosing not to feel joy and happiness at the same time. Avoiding your emotions means creating more problems in the long run, such as anxiety, depression, addiction, and other mental health concerns. Instead, practicing calm acceptance will allow you to process your emotions and move forward. Here are some ideas to help you practice radical acceptance. Remember, it's a skill that gets better the more that you practice. If you're unable to solve a problem or change your perspective on it, then radical acceptance may be the answer. When you're in a situation that causes extreme emotions, try focusing on breathing deeply and examining the thoughts that you're having, and then let them pass. Watch your thoughts for signs of not accepting. Remind yourself that reality can't be changed. Practice a feeling of acceptance through relaxation strategies and self-talk. Think about what you would do if you were able to accept what happened. 
And then do those things as though you had already accepted what happened. Be aware of how you're feeling in your body. Accept that life can be worthwhile even when experiencing pain. Identify the events in your life that you're having a hard time accepting. Think about the causes of events that you can't accept. Accept the emotions that you feel when thinking about events. Make a plan or action or what you will do. Create coping statements to help you through the difficult times. Accept things as they are instead of how you want them to be. Understand what is within your control and what's outside of your control. Practice mindfulness and living in the present. Find ways to ground yourself or calm yourself down. See yourself as an observer rather than a participant. Check the facts and reality of what you're thinking about. Count down if you're feeling out of control and want to feel calmer. Use your five senses to ground yourself in the moment. Practice radical acceptance in daily life to make the habit easier. Allow yourself to let go of the need to control situations. Focus on your wise mind instead of catastrophic thinking. Allow yourself to be imperfect and make mistakes. Stop judging yourself or attaching a value to them, good or bad. See people as human and not all good or all bad. Forgive yourself, but also learn to move on and accept responsibility. Allow yourself to stop thinking about how things could have been. See a therapist if you're unable to move through difficult feelings on your own. Practice empathy and learn what you can about other people to accept them. Engage in journaling and self-reflection to understand your emotions. Keep notes on when you feel judgmental. Look for patterns in your negative thoughts. Relax your body and watch how you're breathing. Don't give in to urges like engaging in addictive behaviors. Here is a list of coping statements you can use when you're feeling as though you can't accept situations and move on. So keep these handy with you so that you can use them in a moment when you're feeling out of control. I can only control the present. When I fight against my worries and negative emotions, I only fuel them to grow larger Even though I might not like what happened, the present moment is exactly what it is. I can't change the things that have happened in the past. I'm able to accept the present moment exactly as it is. I can get through difficult emotions even if it's hard. It's unhelpful for me to fight against what has happened in the past. It's not possible for me to change what happened. I'm able to accept things the way they are. I will get through this no matter what. I will survive and this feeling will fade even though this feeling feels painful right now. There is no point in fighting against the past. What I'm going through right now is hard, but it's temporary. It's possible for me to feel anxiety but still manage this situation in an effective way.
When I try to fight against reality, then I don't see the options in my situation. It's possible for me to accept what happened and still end up happy. I can choose to make a new path, even if I feel bad. All I have control over is what I do in the present. I don't understand why this happened, but I can accept that it did. When I remain rational, I'm able to make good choices and solve problems. It's better to take the right actions than keep judging or blaming. It's best to stay present and focused on what needs to happen in the moment. There are some situations where you will not want to engage in radical acceptance because it wouldn't be considered appropriate. Most of these involve situations where it's more prudent to try and make a change in the situation rather than accept things the way they are. Some of the examples might be if you're in an abusive relationship, if there's something dangerous about your work situation, if you were being harassed at work, if you're being taken advantage of at work or not paid a fair wage, if someone is treating you poorly or with disrespect, if you're experiencing burnout or lack of motivation with your current situation, when you have some degree of control over a situation, when you could make a change to improve your situation, when you're intentionally not taking action out of fear, when you're using acceptance as a crutch not to have to face a situation, when you're engaging in people-pleasing instead of standing up for yourself. But on the other hand, there are situations in which radical acceptance is entirely appropriate. Some of those might be if you're going through a divorce or breakup and you have a hard time moving on. If you're experiencing an unexpected change in your life plans that you have no control over. If you've experienced the loss of a loved one. If you're experiencing job loss. When you've experienced a traumatic event over which you had no control. If you had a traumatic upbringing and or neglect or abuse as a child. When you're causing yourself more pain because you refuse to accept what happened. When you're limiting joy in your life because of feeling that you must avoid all emotions. If you struggle to articulate the emotions that you're experiencing. If you often react out of anger or negative emotions to little things that happened. If you feel stuck or unable to move from a negative event. If other people have told you that it's important to let go of the past. If there's no possibility of solving your situation or approving upon it. If you've tried other ways to deal with your pain and nothing has worked. You might be wondering if radical acceptance is just another way to explain mindfulness. While these two concepts share similarities, they are actually quite different. Mindfulness is the focus on the present moment and is only one method of practicing radical acceptance. Mindfulness has origins in the Buddhist tradition of maintaining a state of Zen and calm. When you are in a state of mindfulness, you're living in the present moment without any judgment or thought. Radical acceptance builds on mindfulness such that it is the overall goal. Radical acceptance is not a passive act. Rather, it's a conscious decision to see things differently. 
Rather than resisting, it involves intentionally being radical in your views of what you can accept because it's your reality. The goal behind radical acceptance is to get to the point that you're able to see the options in your situation. For example, if you're in chronic pain, you could choose to believe that even if life is painful, there are good moments and life is worth living. Living your life with this mindset is the idea behind radical acceptance. Another example is how to cope with death. Rather than focusing on the injustice of death or why it should not have happened the way that it did, radical acceptance allows you to focus on your grief and the best way to handle that. In this way, you're still reaching, but it is with less intense emotions. You are goal-oriented and focused on finding a way out of the situation for yourself. Acting accordingly to radical acceptance principles allows you to feel a sense of relief and feeling better about your situation. In this way, you are striking a balance between making changes and accepting your fate. Ironically, sometimes it's only when you finally come to terms and accept what has happened that you're able to go ahead and make the changes that will allow you to feel better and move on. If you're holding on to some past trauma because you feel as though letting it go would be the same as saying you agree with what happened, then chances are the radical acceptance could help you. It is those situations where there's nothing to change and only suffering remains that radical acceptance makes the most sense. When you identify those situations in your life, be prepared to acknowledge your emotions and then move on. Why this will not be easy in the short run you should find that in the long run, things gradually start to improve in your life. And when things start to improve, you might find that everything naturally becomes easier and lighter, making it easier for you to make other necessary changes in your life. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they are not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook for additional encouragement throughout the week. So I challenge you, accept what you cannot change. Instead of resisting and living in a constant state of suffering, reach out, explore your options, Be open and willing to invite in new emotions. You deserve to feel free. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges.